The Athlete Handbook is here to provide you with insight and education as you navigate the sporting space. We hope you enjoy listening and adding another page to your book. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Athlete Handbook. We have, I was going to say the lovely, that's that's a great way to introduce you, <laughs> the head shake for me. We have Cam McFarlane joining us today to chat the voice of the athlete. Now, we've done this education session a few times now, mainly with our para-athletes, but it's been really good doing this session and we've received some great feedback. So we have decided it's some content we really need to record so that everyone has access and has the ability to refer back to it. I've just had the stopwatch started on me. So I'd like to introduce you to Cam. Good morning, everyone. Cam's our cycling coach. Majority of our athletes would have come into contact with you at some point. Occasionally, yeah. apologies for that. <laughs> um, I'm as as most as most coaches are. I'm old and I'm overweight, um, <laughs> and I've been around for a long, long time. I started my actual competitive days as a kid back in 1973. That's don't even use maths. Um, and I don't see myself as a cycling coach as such. I'm, I'm more of a of a life skills manager. Um, jack of all trades. Jack of all trades, and and that's the way that you tend to go in in any sport. You start off being sport specific, um, teaching the fitness and the drills and the skills, the tactics, and as you as you evolve as as a coach and as a person, you 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 pick up those leadership, teaching leadership, mentoring, and and personal behaviours, elite behaviours, and. Coaching is, is more than just being fit, teaching someone to get fit. It's about being a, a better person. And I think that's a really great way to jump into this session or episode today on the voice of an athlete and the different, it's more of a philosophical approach maybe it's to looking at being an athlete. Very much. Um, and we'll cover some topics today that you'll probably Actually, majority of them, if not all of them, you'll be able to take away to use in life, let alone just being an athlete, which is, I think, really beneficial. And it's not just for athletes that will benefit from this. I mean, coaches, parents, support staff, friends, you name it. I think everyone will take something away from this episode. So we may as well just jump in. Go for it. The easiest way to start about finding your voice is understanding how you receive information. You, all of us, whether it be at school or university or at work, will have someone explain a task or a subject to us and we look at them completely blankly and we go, what are they talking about? Yeah. And something that I have learned over, over the years is it's we, we all explain or try to explain the same subject, but we use different words. And so when we look at a clock, it may... Some of us will read it as quarter to 12 and others will read it as 11.45. Uh, it's like when you see six donuts in a bag and who doesn't like donuts? Yeah, is that, are, are there six donuts or are there half a dozen? It's the way that we interpret and receive information and process that information. And, and quite often I've been to a 
to a coaching tutorial and I'm sitting there and the what the people are saying just isn't quite making sense to me. It's not that they're not making sense. Mm. It's that I'm just receiving that information differently. I go away. I, I, I check other sources. I talk to other people. And all of a sudden, the words that they use are the ones that make sense to me. Again, on the other side, there are, there are times when I go to a, to a lecture and it's it, it, it just falls into place immediately. And they're obviously a quarter to 12 speaking person, whereas the others were in 11.45. Yeah, and I think there's an element to that where it's not wrong. There's nothing wrong about it. It's just simply it's the same information. We're just not on the same page. Yeah, yeah. And, and quite often you hear people walk away going, I didn't make any sense of that. Mm. And so that's when you really want to go away and look at it from another from, from another angle, mm. talk to someone about it and they may very well be able to relate to you the, what you want to hear or yeah. how it should be heard for you. Yeah, and I think as an athlete, making sure that you feel like you're on the same page and communicating at the same level with your coach and it goes back both ways. It's not necessarily that you are aligning with your coach, it's your coach aligning with you that you're on the same page. I think that's vital. I don't think you could get much further in your sport if you're not on the same page from the get-go. Yeah. Who am I? Mm. Mm -mm. Am I new? Well, um, it it sounds obvious. Well, I'm Cam, you're Shanae. But you ask yourself the question, you know, are you new to the sport? Uh, Are you new to the club that you're with? Uh, ask yourself the question, what can I bring to a session, to a training session, to a game or to an event? Uh, Just because you're new doesn't mean that you know nothing. You have skills, you have knowledge, you have life skills, no matter how old you are. Uh, It's amazing how welcoming and easily welcoming an eight-year-old child is, a 10-year-old kid to other kids, whereas when you get to 30 years old and you're you sign up with your local footy team and everyone's very standoffish and very protective. Mm. Kids are a great icebreaker and they really do know how to talk. Mm-hmm. Talk it's usually freely. like one simple question and then they're bang. And off. away they go. Yeah. And if you're a long-time member, um, again, you have an absolute smorgasbord of skills and talents that you can bring to your club and to your sport don't keep them bottled up. Mm. Share your experiences. Um, dress them up as, you know, stories of back in my day, What, whichever way you want to do it. And we've all heard those old people at, at every club, at every sport, talk about back in my day uh, and the ability to tell a good story but also uh, include those wonderful history segments, philosophies, cultures uh, can can – Help, can can benefit so much in just the way that you encourage and inspire others to continue in their sport. Got notes here too, which I think it's worth touching on in regards to our para-athletes and who I am and am I, you know, is my, where do I stand in that space as a para-athlete? Is my disability newly acquired? Is this something I've, you know, had my entire life and, and grown through everyone's at a different stage of adjusting 
and that's also something to consider about who I am and I guess what you're bringing to the table in that new environment that you're stepping into. Really important to uh, make the coach, the coaching staff, the administration, aware of what you are comfortable with. Um, you know, some of us just like to get on with the job. You mm. know, uh, yes, I have a disability. I'm, 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 I'm not bothered by it, mm. and I just want to enjoy my sport. Mm. I want to be an active member. Others of us, we are loud and proud, and we like to tell everyone mm-hmm. about it. That's 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 perfectly fine. We need those people, uh, and if you can convey your passion um, to to your club, to to your support staff, then they can also help you, you know, fit in is probably the wrong word. You know, support you. Yeah, you know, they can they can find where your where your level of comfort is yes. and they can support you. Yes. Yeah, we don't know what we don't know. Yeah. Yeah. As I said, uh, just to follow on from that a, a little bit, am I quietly spoken or, or am I vocal? One of the skills is can you identify when to be quiet and when to be vocal. Mm-hmm. So there are times where we need to be reserved, um, listen, be a good listener, and then there are times when we need to be a good communicator. So it, many times in, in a team environment uh, or in a squad session where we're all individual athletes but we're in a training squad, as a group, the coach is trying to make a point or trying to explain a new skill, you look around the group and you can see that there are a few people who are quite understanding what's supposed to be done. If if you've got an idea or you've, you've got an alternative way of explaining it, you can always, you let the coach finish explaining and then you can put your hand up. And rather than just restate the point, but in your words, you can paraphrase it and explain and, and ask the question. So what you're saying is that we do X, Y, and Z, and the coach will go, yes, exactly. So you've just, again, you've said it in quarter to 11, mm. uh, as, whereas others have read it or, or understood it as 10.45. It's, that's one way to work with the coach. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's not about point scoring. It's not about knowing more than what the coach is trying to, to deliver. It's just taking you on the same page. It's just, yeah, it's just reinforcing yep. what we're going to do. Yeah. Um, the value of being a listener and being able to read the group is it, it helps you with your leadership, uh, with your mentoring skills, but it is, listening is as important as communicating. It really is. Both are valid skills. How do I want to be introduced? Yeah, that's a good one. Because uh, I need I need to practice this, as you can clearly tell by the start of this episode. Exactly, and, <laughs> and it's again we, we we touch on: Are you happy just to be at your club in your chosen sport and getting on with with running, whatever it is, mm. um, playing on the wing, you know? just enjoying the team aspect of it or are you one of those people that you know wants to be the wants to be the goal shooter wants to be the full forward uh, the striker and you know, look at me look at me I'm loud and proud mm. um, totally your choice and again both both of those ends of the spectrum um, 
there's a time and place. Yeah. And sometimes, as we've seen in AFL a lot, you know, the the flamboyant, the flamboyant star of 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 the game, there are times when you don't even notice them. Mm. Uh, they they understand that there's a time and place to be motivating, to be loud, uh, and to engage the crowd and to engage the team. And then there are times when they need to essentially knuckle down, put their head down, Do and right. get on with the job. Knowing when to play both of those hands again, is a skill and it takes yeah. time to learn it. And I think also there's that element to um, in finding your happy medium on that spectrum. Yeah. On, on you know, where you feel you fall, but like where you feel most comfortable. And, and quite often in team sports, there, there will be a time, you know, whether it's in the third quarter or the final quarter, the last 10 minutes, the coach will say to you, he'll, he'll pull you to one side and he goes, I really need you to step up here. Mm. And so un- understanding what they what they want from you, and it may well be that all of a sudden we need the loud and proud, yeah. the vocal guy, girl, yeah. on the court, on the field, and really motivating the team. Yeah. The process. The process. This sounds like a very... Deep one. This is very deep. This is very deep. Uh, we all start, the process is like the plan. Uh, we all start off in our chosen sport by enjoying it at, at a recreation level, whether it be street tennis, kick to kick at the local park, whatever it is. We, we enjoy that aspect of it and we go, this is fun. And then all of a sudden somebody, it's usually a friend, will go, hey, you should come down to, the, to my club because it's really good fun. And so you you start, you, you join a club and you start off at what we call club level. Mm. It's a no-brainer there. From there, you may go up to a state-level competition. The club may actually compete at state level or there may be other events if you're an individual athlete that you can do at state level. There could be inter-club. There could be regional events. Uh, it, it's the next step up. Then, you, of course, from that, you go to national level competitions and to international competitions. Literally every sport has some... Their steps, their ladder, their yep. process. And, <laughs> and as we love, from and it's the same from recreational to international, we enjoy what we're doing and we always seek improvement. So if we're doing it for fun at the local park, we may start with kicking the ball and seeing if we can make the park bench, and then there's a rubbish bin 10 metres past it, so we try to kick the ball to the rubbish bin. We want to go further. Yep. Uh, hitting hitting the tennis ball against, against the garage door, we try to make it faster. And as you move up those levels of competition, the, the process is the same. It's just that there are extra roles and responsibilities expectations and behaviours uh, that that go with it. So from a club from, from a club perspective, we may just have one coach and they tell you to go out there and have fun yeah. um, and they may rotate you around the field. And then when you get to a like state or regional competitions, you may also have a skills coach. Uh, there may be somebody there that that, that can help you with physio. Uh, you get to national competitions and all of a sudden we've got the coach, the skills coach, we've got the nutritionist, we've got the gym coach, 
the sports psych, the the support staff grow. Just you feel as though each step you take, it just as much as your support staff grows, your network of people in that yeah. sport grows too. With some sports, you'll have a manager yep. who looks after interviews, booking interviews for you. You'll have a social media manager. Uh, you may even have a ghostwriter that will actually Agent. take over the running of your social media mm-hmm. so you are out there in being seen to be doing what you what you love, which is like chasing the shiny things, mm. the magic bullet. Which, when your ads I've got on here, which is a quote from you, staying true to the process, the staying, plan set out for you. Yes, staying true to the process. So whether it be your local club or your international coach when you're competing at international level, there's a plan, there's a process. Success doesn't come overnight. Mm. It, it doesn't come in a week. It takes years. As we say, what is it, 10,000 hours of constant repetitive action creates. And they're now also saying be reaching elite level of success, whatever that looks like for you in your sport, it's about 10 years within the sports system before you're reaching that level usually. There was a model and it's still loosely used where it was two years to Two years to get fit as such, learn, you mm. learn to train. Mm. Two years to learn, to train to compete, sorry. Mm-hmm. And then two years to compete, to win. Yeah. And then from there on, it, it's win. It's yeah. podium potential. Yeah. Um, I remember doing a little project on this when I was in high school on one of my favourite athletes, which is Lauren Burns in Taekwondo. And that was her, she shared that as her training program for, I think, a lead into the Olympics on Trying to train, trying to compete, and the windows and time brackets for that, like the yeah. breakdown, like literally just training to train and do the exercise of the process. Consistency, um, it, it's structuring and consistency are the foundations of a successful process or 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 plan. When you when you get yourself a a specialized coach as such, um, you you will find that it will it will be very messy. Sometimes it feels like you're going two steps forward and one step backwards. Mm. And that's because you have to build a relationship with the coach so they understand how you respond to various training sessions. You may need extra recovery time. You might need less. And so it's, it's this constant ad, ad, adjustment. And then over a period of six to eight weeks, things start to, start to level out, start to become more even, more consistent. You'll do six to eight weeks of very good, hard training, very successful training, and then all of a sudden the coach will throw in, whether it be an increase in reps, an increase in time, increase in intensity, and all of a sudden you go to that two steps forward, one step back again, and you you repeat the process. Your first year is usually looking, um, it, it, it's baby steps, you're learning skills, you're learning tactics, so quite often you're making those very very fundamental mistakes that everyone ex- in, in in a coaching environment, everyone expects you to make. Your mum and dad may be horrified, but it's perfectly normal. And then what we do is we look for that consistency. So all of a sudden you are minimising, repeating the mistakes. You know, the ultimate goal is to not repeat a mistake, but that's nearly impossible. So you minimise repeating the mistakes. You become consistent and then the year after that, 
you are able to perform at, again, that elite level as such. It's pretty simple. Stick to the plan. Trust the plan. Uh, and again, if you have any questions, this is when you find your voice. Mm. So we are, we, we, we are looking to find our voice. We, we find it because we have questions and then we need to use it. And we mm. need to use our voice to ask the questions of, how did I go today? And, and, and I need help to understand this. Could I have done things differently? The best response you can get from your coach, whether it be the team coach or your personal coach, one of the best things you can do is you can absolutely try your hardest at a session and you can finish it completely spent and you can say to the coach, how did I go? And, I, and if they can say to you, you did really well, see you next week. That's, that's the best thing you, you, you can get. If they've got a long list of things that you could improve on or do better, it's, that's good as well. But the best thing is, is, is if you can you know, dot the I's and cross the T's at a session and, and, and the coach is happy. They're always busy. Um, don't, don't be afraid that they're looking grumpy. Coaches. Yeah. Coaches. That's a bit intimidating. Coaches sometimes. always look grumpy because, you know, there may be, well, there may be, it may just be you in a single one-on-one session. There may be six. There may be 18 of you. There may be 30 of you. Mm. Uh, and what they are doing is they are processing. Every individual person. What everyone's done so far. And can they either increase what they're doing to improve them? Because that's the coach's role is to find that hidden yep. that hidden extra that, that that is in you. And we all see what's hidden. Yep. We all see the potential. So they're trying to work out what what are we going to do with Lauren? What are we going to do with Scott? What are we going to do with Shanae in the next session? And then you ask them, how did I go? And they may turn around and look at you with a big grumpy look on their face and they will think and they'll go, you did really good. Do that again. And it comes out quite sort of abrupt, but they're giving it the best thought that they can. Yeah. I think further to that then in those environments, which I think nine out of 10 times, you're always going to be with a coach that's coaching more than one athlete. Like I can't even think of, I was in an individual sport, but there's always multiple athletes across the team. Not comparing your relationship with coach to other athletes and what other athletes are doing in that training session because even whether you're in an individual sport or a team sport, you're all individuals still. And every individual has to be coached and managed differently. So I think there's a big point on trying not to compare or worry about what others are doing or their relationship with the coach because then you're too tempted to be listening in or what everyone's on their own plan. And as you said before, sticking to the process and the plan that's laid out for you, that's all you can control. There's no point. But it's I think it's a human response to try and oh absolutely it intrigues you one of the uh one of the interesting like athletic drills this is going back quite a few years now but i knew an athletics coach who had different colored witches hats Mm. and he worked it out he he based his sessions on meters per second so if you were so if they were doing 10 10 second efforts there would be different colored witches hats set out at different distances so if you were a red athlete you would be your your goal would be to reach the red witch's hat yeah. when the whistle you know starts and stops 
So that's that's your 10-second effort. If you were a green athlete, let's say that was however many, uh, 10 metres per second, then you were supposed to reach the green witch's hat. It wasn't about reaching the witch's hat beyond the green colour. Mm. It was being able to hit that, that marker because then if you do that consistently, then you can move on to the next one. Mm. There's your challenge. But also in in that session, there will be a plan set by the coaching staff and it may well be that that young Scott, they're going to really focus on some of his skills and, and his abilities, whereas the rest of the group, they are more than happy to work on just their, whether it be their sprinting or their base fitness. So while you're running laps, it may look like the rest of the coaching staff are fussing over young yeah. Scott, but all they're doing is what the plan was, and that is they want to really hone his, whether it be ball skills, whatever it is, Although it looks like he's getting special treatment, he's not. He's just getting the treatment he needs for his skill level. Yeah. Which is sort of like operating above the line elite behaviours. Mm. Um, and, and, and that is, it, it still comes down to communication. Uh, and, and as you improve, as you go from, from club level to state level to national level especially, as you improve, the coaching staff... And the sport expects you to understand how to behave as a responsible adult. Uh, and, you know, we look at some sports and we just jokingly say that, you know, we say that with tongue-in-cheek. But by, by observing elite sport, by watching it on TV and watching it in, in actual field of play, you pick up on we're not... We're not challenging the referee. We're, we're not questioning the calls. We're getting on with the job. We're getting on with yeah. the game. In football, as always, play the whistle, not the man as such. Uh, you know, go in hard, and if the whistle blows, well done, but don't go looking for it. We tend to forget those things as, as we go up, and it does take time to be able to shed those sort of primal and, and, and younger attitudes. Yeah. It's... Are you, are you operating above the line? There, there, there is a line, and we want to be above that at, at all times. And it, it's not only on the field; it's it's off the field. It's it's out of the game, out of the field of play. When we're walking down the street, um, you know, it's nice to act the clown. There's a time and place for it. Yep. Um, it's not in the middle of a busy street when you're wearing your club, your school, or your work uniform, yep. and you're mouthing off. Yep. You, you do that. Not that you're supposed to do that, but if you are going to do it, do it when you're unrecognisable. I've got speak well, encourage others, and good sportsmanship. Yeah, always. I think operating above the line is something we're trying to foster all the way through anyone's time with West Vic in whatever capacity that is. And at the end of the day, we're here to support you as athletes, but we want good people. Good people, especially that. And when 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 the whistle goes, when we cross the finish line, that's it. It's done. And again, it's that elite behaviour of when you're in the field of you know when you're in the heat of competition, then you 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 play to win. Mm. You play for keeps. But when the whistle goes, um, well done. And if you weren't successful, the better the the better person won. Yeah. Acknowledge that, reward that, and hey, guess what? There's always next week. Yeah. Always next week. 
Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Athlete Handbook. This podcast is brought to you by the Westwick Academy of Sport. It was recorded in Ballarat on the land of the Wadawurrung and Jarjarog people. And we would like to recognise their continuing connection to the land and waterways. <laughs>